0: Ensure carefully dream
1: fearlessly products not available in every state american family mutual insurance company si and its operating companies american family life insurance company 6000 american parkway madison wisconsin
0: look around you that car you're driving that house your family lives in making your daughter laugh inspiring her to dream you did that teaching your son to drive teaching him he can be anything all you and your dreams for tomorrow you'll do that too legacies don't just happen they are made by you the important word being you American Family Insurance, protecting your dreams as you achieve them. Insure carefully,
1: dream fearlessly. Products not available in every state. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies. American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.
0: You think of
2: Earth as a singular planet. In fact, it is anything but. Well, this is a story not of a universe, but a multiverse. Where universes and planets, such as Earth were replicated and mirrored across a vibrating, infinite plane. Some, barely different from the next. Others drastically so.
3: This is DC On Screen. Every week, Dave and Jason talk about the multiverse of DC properties on film and television. But be warned, if it's been officially released, you can expect they'll spoil it.
2: You ready for it, man? You ready for it? I guess. What is it? What is it? (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's the
2: show.
3: Oh, news! Oh, okay.
2: Welcome into, welcome into DC on screen. <laughs> Don't
3: scare me coming into what is supposed to be a pleasant aside.
2: <laughs> this is episode four forty one. Uh, I'm your host, David C. Robertson. This is my co-host, Jason Goss. Hello. This is our weekly uh, <laughs> film and television news. Uh, as always, we will start off with uh, with film news. But I, wanted, I want to give you guys a reminder, if you're a fan of the show and want to support us, please consider going over to iTunes and giving us a positive written review. Uh, it really does help us. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Well,
2: now that that filthy business is out of the way,
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> we're going to start off with some uh, some news about Richard Donner. Uh, Patty Jenkins and Richard Donner were attending uh, a DGA, Directors Guild of America, um, event, And they had, like, a little Q&A with Donner, and during that, he actually gave Jenkins a Superman-themed baton. He literally passed her the baton.
3: Aww. And he made it for her. (laughs) So he watched the slate and went, you, you did the best. (laughs) I will make you a baton. Right. That's probably accurate, though. I think it's closer than anything.
2: Uh, Patty went over to Twitter and said, Truly one of the most incredible and touching moments I've ever experienced from a man who changed my life when I was seven. So that's nice. Fair enough. Um, So James Gunn is awesome. I mean, we knew that, though, right? Yeah, sure. Um, He took to Twitter, said, One, every time I mention anything DC, no matter what, my feed becomes an endless screaming match about BVS. Two, you guys are never going to convince each other. It's just a bunch of wasted energy. (laughs) Three, at least when you're screaming at each other about Trump, is something of international importance. <laughs> Four. But it's a two-year-old movie that some people like and some people don't. Why is someone else's opinion so important to you? Five. As Marvel and DC Super fans, you have way more in common with each other than you do with the rest of the world.
0: <laughs> S- <laughs> Preach. Preach, James.
2: Six. Why do you spend so much time raging at each other? It's silly. Please just stop it. Stop engaging in that way. And seven, but at the very least, when you do, untag me. I've muted a lot of you guys, but not all. Thanks.
3: Oh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh.
3: I have nothing to add except my outright approval.
2: He's the reason for the teardrops on my guitar, man.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just I think he nailed it. Thank you. Absolutely nailed it. Especially, you realize you're all the weird ones, right? You should probably group up.
2: You say it like that, uh,
3: kind of. Eh, yeah, a little, a little implied. Mm-hmm.
2: All right, so I will deem this the big news of the episode. Um, I'm sure you've heard of it. Uh, you know, uh, we we're not the, the first on the scene of anything. hmm Uh, but Zachary Levi is Shazam.
3: And I'm what? okay. I mean, left field, right? Like somewhere way beyond yeah. left field. This is like another stadium entirely and possibly a different yeah. sport.
2: Like I work late nights and I like, so I like woke up midday, you know, <laughs> <laughs> looked at my phone. Mid news feed for and like the rest of the world. Yeah, I look at my phone and there's a notification that just says Zachary Levi is Shazam. And I wasn't even sure I knew the name correctly. I was like, the first thing I thought was, Chuck?
3: <laughs> and that's, For the people who knew his name, I'm pretty sure that's the majority of the people's response was, Chuck? I think for majority, it was a combination of Chuck, question mark, or who the hell is that, question mark. <laughs> right. But I kind of
2: went... I don't know how I feel about that internally. Then I was like, "What's happening with my face?" And I felt my face, and there was like a big smile on my face. And went, "Oh, okay. Well, I guess I have an idea of what I think about that."
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: my
2: I like, body couldn't has stop smiling. I couldn't stop smiling, and I thought, "Well, clearly this is the this is the thing that was needed." Uh, I don't. <laughs>
3: apparently, I don't object to this. I did not no yeah. it's, it's not what I would have ever predicted, man. Never predicted, but no, uh, no. I mean, I did watch Chuck for a long time, and then it kind of went on forever, and there was something that happened in the show. Why does mm-hmm. close? Why does close?" And some people are going to see his name and wonder yeah. who that is and go back and binge the show. I'm just going to say there's a moment sure. in the show that for me felt like a finale, and I kind of went, eh, I'm done." Like that episode ended well, and I just went, I'm calling it. I know there's more episodes next week, but I don't care. That's my finale, and I just walked away. Uh, no fault of the you're show. A,
2: you're a weird guy. You're a weird guy, man. It was
3: it was no fault of the <laughs> show. That was around the same time I walked away from Breaking Bad because I just ran out of time. I I no uh-huh. longer had room in my queue, and then it just kind of never happened again. But with Chuck, it was more like a concerted thing for me. It was like, no, I'm just I'm gonna make that one a deliberate, and then we'll hope. Hopefully, I will get back to Mad Men and Breaking Bad. But um, yeah. yeah, he he does have a great range, and I gotta admit, if if you beefed him up, he'd look right.
2: Well, we'll we'll get to that in a second, though. Uh, but uh, yeah, Pony Smasher uh, Sandberg, the director, uh, posted a picture of uh, Zachary Levi holding his jacket open mm-hmm. and showing a Thundercats logo, mm-hmm. and said, "Insert lightning bolt on chest." Nice. Um, now Zachary Levi went on uh, social media, on Instagram or some such thing. Uh, I didn't write it down here, but based on the character count, I'm going to guess Instagram. Mm. And I like how he put this. Uh he actually put up a picture of uh of himself as Shazam uh courtesy of Boss Logic. I've seen that floating around. Yep. He says honored and greatly humbled to be a part of the DC universe by bringing the original Captain Marvel to life. I like that. I dig that. Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. that's right. Mm-hmm. And A lot of people are like, "Shot's fired." And I'm like, no, it's not Shot's fired. He's just literally <laughs> the original the Captain Marvel. Original Marvel. Just, name.
0: Just,
2: just shut up. Yeah. Um <laughs> This
3: isn't This is just factual. No judgment here.
2: Yeah. He's just whipping his fan dick out a little bit, showing like I know who the character is.
3: Yeah. I mean he didn't everyone calm down. He he didn't go so far as like making jokes about turning on a faucet or anything, but he could have.
2: Oh, that would have been good.
3: How proud would you have been?
2: I'd have been pretty happy, honestly. I bet he gets there. (laughs) Right. I I bet he gets there. I give him the benefit of the doubt. He says, I am beside myself with gratitude, not only for this opportunity, but also the incredible outpouring of love and support from so many of you out there in the world. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'll be in the gym for the rest of forever.
3: <laughs> you sure will, buddy. <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: um, now, entertainment photographer Eric Blackman Tweeted out, just finished a four-hour workout with Zachary Levi, who is getting in killer shape for DC Comics' new movie as Shazam. Um, apparently, in that four hours, he also played basketball.
3: You gotta get your cardio in, man.
2: Yeah. Yeah, like, as we said, like he's best known for playing uh, in the comedic spy drama Chuck, but he was also in the Marvel Cinematic Universe already as Fandral, one of the Warriors 3 in Thor of the Dark World.
3: Yeah, I'd heard about that.
2: I'd forgotten about it. I hadn't even noticed... Like I didn't even notice the cast shift. Like I didn't notice that Fan draw was different in
3: the second one than he was in the first. Um no, I just remember that being a thing people pointed out. I could not have told you for my life uh without looking it up what he was in, but I just remembered that he had been yeah. part of Marvel at some point. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, once they pointed it out it kind of made sense. But you realize though that's not even the only thing. Like he's actually been in um this isn't he's done now he's doing Marvel, he's about to do DC and he's also done heroes. So he's in three super oh. universes now.
2: I don't even remember Heroes, man. It was I, from I,
3: the the new run that didn't work out so so well. Oh, yeah, okay. But, but it wasn't yeah, his fault. See, I, I thought he that. played a character very well. I just think he's a competent actor.
2: Yeah. I mean, I wish I'd known Fandral was Chuck, dude. Because like, I looked at him and I was like, oh, yeah, it's the guy, it's the guy from Thor that looks like Green Arrow.
0: <laughs> okay.
2: The guy that looks more like Green Arrow than Stephen Amell does. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: That is some serious facial hair. But yeah,
3: I, I, I remembered him once everyone finally pointed it out. Yeah. But come on. How many times have you gone back and watched War 2?
2: I I think I may have seen it once all the way through.
3: I, I've seen it one once and a half, I'll call it. Like, I saw it in theaters, and then I watched That's it fair. later and paid half attention. Uh-huh. That counts. That's probably right.
0: That,
2: yeah.
3: That's probably what I did. I don't want to round up to two. That just seems unfair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: I really was not a fan of that movie. It was all right, but it, its um, I think it's at
3: the bottom of a lot of people's lists for good reasons.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: They wasted Doctor Who, man. They wasted the
3: Doctor. I oh, know. That's rough.
2: Anyway. It's the little uh, things that so... you have to live
3: with, man. I'm sorry.
2: Yeah. So this is exciting, though. Another big exciting thing. Um, the rap is reporting that DC Films is uh, developing a standalone Deathstroke movie.
3: Now, this one I don't know how to feel.
2: And they've tapped the raid director, Gareth Evans. And of course, Joe
3: Manganiello is set to star. This one I'm not quite sure how I feel. Because I don't have anything against it. Uh But I'm not all that excited either. I mean, if if anything, Mm. I'm excited about Manganiello still being Deathstroke. Because I thought he looked great for the part. Mm -hmm. Um, It does kind of... It does suggest that he may have made his way off the Batman landscape for now.
2: Well, that's fine. I, I, that was fine. Well, Batman's okay. got so it's, it's many. always
3: there's so many good rogues with Batman. You don't have to yeah. have. it. If you have a great Death Deathstroke story you want to tell, go tell that story. Tell, tell yeah. that story. Find another Batman villain.
2: Yeah, I feel like Deathstroke is is deep enough that he he could you know he could really revel in his own story. But for my money, I'm I've always been like, well, why, why does everybody want to see Deathstroke versus Batman? I want to see Deathstroke versus Nightwing.
3: Yes, which is something. I, uh, something else that occurred to me it was like we have a Nightwing movie in the books, uh, theoretically too. So if there's a little mm-hmm. bit of crossover here, I, th- I thought this is something that occurred to me when I saw that news earlier. Was oh, Dave's going to be very happy about that.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, now, by the way, when I say that it, it might suggest, that's just how I'm leaning because I think you could interpret it two ways. It could be that. We like Mangi for this character, we have a good idea, and we're going to take him out of Batman and do something, we're going to go a different way, but they actually mean it, and it's not just like, haha, cute, you're fired. Uh, <laughs> it could mean that they're literally just going to go a different way, or it could mean that they're not, that they have the same plan, and they're doubling down on the character. I just, you know, the, mm-hmm. the Batman, for whatever it's worth at the moment, is so elusive. Right. As far as details, but...
2: Like, I keep forgetting about all the stuff that they have in, in the works, honestly.
3: it It's hard to keep track of. Now, I, I mean, I did see a... I forget who, but somebody did have a good, comprehensive Where Are We Now list out this week, and I can't cite the source. Uh-huh. Uh, you probably ran across it, too.
2: I did. I had it in my notes, but not in my final notes. Oh, yeah. I just kind of went, eh.
3: Yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> we don't normally like dwell on, hey, this is a great list, but... Um, in the course of conversation, there's one out there if you just look, it's pretty simple. It's being pushed right now as part of the news cycle, so you'll find it quick.
2: Well it seems like every like every couple of weeks there's something new in development and something else has stopped being in development.
3: Yeah, and rumor wise, so yeah. It's hard to tell what stopped the point? so much as like you just forget it exists and then mm-hmm. if no one ever mentions it again, years later we're like, weren't they gonna do that? Oh, they didn't do that, did they? <laughs> that's all we that's that's as close as you get to resolution in some of these cases. Yeah, absolutely. Like, there aren't a lot of... If you pick up a copy of Variety or Hollywood Reporter, you're going to see a lot more news about green lights than red lights. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Joe Meganello did put up a picture of uh, the Deathstroke mask. that had a bunch of, uh, like, uh, I don't know, battle damage around the eyes. And a few days before the announcement, Gareth Evans, the director um shared a photo of a deathstroke trade paperback gods of war on instagram is the is the one that has the uh deathstroke mask with the um caption i'm 37 years old dot 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 well 37 and a half nice so he's got a sense of humor that's nice mhm um, do
3: you think i mean yeah, i'm, I'm, I'm hmm? just a just your bet do you think they're going to go anti-hero with him and and let him really run a film or because I, I think we have the same question with Black Adam right now. Mm. The same thing we're wondering there is it is, is it going to be a film without a about a villain? Because that'd be cool. I, I I mean I don't know. It's not an off I mean, tackled form to like actually make your protagonist an antagonist and you know. One of my favorite movies is Gross
2: Point Blank.
3: I remember it's Cusack and the woman with the big hair. But if Mini Driver, thank
2: you. And if they can if they can make John Cusack a lovable, likable character while
3: being a hitman. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they got this, <laughs> but you thinking they're gonna go anti-hero instead of um film about an actual villain or maybe a villain I origin mean, story or something?
2: Look, man, I mean we're about to get a Punisher series. You know, all we all they really have to do is make the guys that are worse than Deathstroke or the bad guys worse than Deathstroke. That's all they gotta do. Is just show them to be a little more, little more, uh, you know, evil. Yeah, I don't know. Like have Deathstroke say, "I don't go for you know." kids i don't kill kids yeah
3: like even scarface has the like <laughs> i ain't killing no kids man you know yeah yeah it's not it's not a hard piece of narrative math to wrap your head around
2: i mean it cuts back to serenity i mean you know mal reynolds and serenity is a is he's a bad guy he's a smuggler you know yeah And he tells the dude like i don't kill children right and the operative goes i do oh well shit that changes everything doesn't it <laughs> wait we- we-
3: we, uh, Lines are drawn. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna square up with the guy that doesn't kill kids, if that's okay with you. <laughs> right?
2: Let's go. Let's go find us some contraband to abscond with. Right.
3: If my alternative is uh, deicide, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, I would, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they like did a, you know, a story about Deathstroke. Uh, Finding the people that killed his family or something, you know? Or, like, finding his son, you know? Just just some variation of that story.
3: Yeah.
2: I don't know. And we have
3: have learned that you can't completely count out a story on TV or movie because TV or movie has previously addressed it. Yeah, I know. I think that was an idea WB had years ago. And by years, I only mean like four or five now. Like, uh, uh-huh. I think that was an idea they had was let's separate the characters in the stories so no one gets confused, and that went away.
2: Yeah, I saw I saw an Ezra Miller version of Henry Allen sitting in a jail cell.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. We've obviously given up looked on that. Very looked very familiar. Um, Diane has has moved on from that idea. Yeah.
2: So uh, my entertainment world, a website that I admit I don't know anything about. Um, has listed um, Suicide Squad two uh, as starting to film in the middle of March twenty eighteen.
3: Like you said, don't know him. We'll see. Yeah, who knows? I mean, I uh, all right. As far as I remember, a lot of the working pieces of that film aren't really in order yet. So, do they have a script?
2: Yeah. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know anymore, man. Yeah, I mean,
3: I don't remember. I don't remember a script being uh, approved yet. So. Mm, who knows? We'll see how that works. I mean, what was it? Six weeks to write the first one, or something like that.
2: Yeah, that's what he had. That's what they gave him. So what uh, gave. that's what they gave David Ayer. Yeah. this would be
3: ample time. <laughs> yeah, hopefully by that <laughs> by that comparison.
2: Of course, the more you overthink the plumbing, mm-hmm. the easier it is to stop up the train. Mm-hmm. All right, on to Justice League. That's going to be the big the big monster of the of the episode. I'm afraid. Uh, Justice League is less than a month away from from uh, gracing our screens, mm-hmm. and. Uh, they they've amped up the uh, the promotion. Incidentally, they have a uh, tickets
3: are available if you haven't tried. Yeah, in most places, uh,
2: they are they are available now. And uh, the Chinese trailer they put out actually showed a lot more of Steppenwolf. Uh, we get this nice little voiceover from Diana saying, "Long before I was born, he came as the spearhead of an alien invasion." Mm-hmm. Um, and th- this just reeked of of Whedon too, which was I, I say reeked in a positive way though. Um, <laughs> yeah steppenwolf holding the dude up and the guy goes please we have families and he says why does everyone keep telling me that
3: it did feel like, like a buffy big bad kind of line
2: yeah it absolutely did um i love aquaman screaming at uh, batman you really are out of your mind batman says i'm not the one who brought a pitchfork
3: mm-hmm. that was good
2: that's fun uh i saw batman interrogating a parademon like he's got him on a on a like strapped to a wall or something, and he explodes. That that's right out of war, it's out of the comics. I mean. Yeah,
3: that was good. By the way, the, um, about that line where he says, "Like you really are insane, aren't you?" It, there's an amount of admiration in Aquaman's voice when he says it that I really liked.
0: Uh
2: huh. Like,
3: uh huh. Like, like he's finally decided. Yeah, I like this guy. He's freaking insane. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna be a pal. He's gonna be. He's gonna be good. You know. I I, I like the idea of that.
2: Yeah. I like the we're asking people we don't know to risk their lives. That's how this works. Yes, that was good thing. Uh, they also put out a Wonder Woman origins trailer. They put out a uh, Gary Clark Jr. come together music video oh, uh, was... that had some new Batman and Flash footage, yeah. uh, especially. Like I noticed that more than anything. I mean,
3: it was it's hard to parse out the footage. I just there's a moment mm-hmm. watching that where I thought, okay, first of all, this is a pretty rockin' version of a song that I, I really love. Um and and I I just had this moment where I was like I cannot believe I'm looking at I'm looking at a promotional piece of material for a live action Justice League movie and it's the Beatles that I'm hearing uh, yeah I mean obviously a version but I, I I could not have hoped for that in my life
2: this opens a lot of doors notice man. how I used
3: a Beatles when, song to to finish that off yeah. yeah
2: I mean with Aquaman I expect Aqualung by Jethro Tull to be playing in the trailer yes
3: and you may yet get get your wish who knows.
2: <laughs>
3: they are just—they're pumping um, out like trailer after trailer right now.
2: I, I'm, uh, TV spots and stuff. Yeah. Like, I think my favorite line is from a TV spot where Aquaman says to Bruce, "What's on your weird mind?" <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Now, in, in something, and in, in this deluge of of new material, there's something that I think is important about it. Just the overall picture because like, like uh what else there's a cyborg one uh, cyborg one as well, right
2: oh yeah, and we actually get him saying booya
3: yes, which is gonna make a lot of people <laughs> very happy, including myself um and a lot of fun even even the interaction between Godot and uh, and uh, Ray Fisher was pretty nice like there's nothing yes, nothing really at Absolutely. all wrong with the material I'm seeing, and that that goes to my point sometimes when you when a a bad movie is about to turn into publicly a bad movie. Mm-hmm. They overdo the the like they overdo the um, you know the, the the media pitch for it the the how do I put it they over they over pitch it there's there's uh, it's it's suddenly everywhere but it seems like to me a lot of times when you see a movie that's suddenly everywhere and it looks like it might be okay the problem I've started seeing uh, uh, is like it's the same piece of material you see you see everywhere whereas with yeah this one it seems like they're still investing in no I want you to tweak it this way no I want you to like I think they're Still throwing money at their marketing and not just saying, I'm not going to spend any more money on development, but I want you to put it everywhere and hope we trick everyone into getting there the first weekend. Uh-huh. Which I think is a tactic that's used uh, sometimes. Whereas this one feels like we want you to strategically change everything and and you know money's money's not a real problem. Make sure you get everyone in there. Mm-hmm. I, I could just be hoping, but it's what it looks like.
2: Yeah. Did you notice the cop in the Cyborg Week trailer?
3: Uh, you know when he stops the vehicle from hitting him? Yeah. Yeah. I mean I know he's there, but what's what's to notice? What I miss?
2: That was Mark McClure, the guy that played Jimmy Olsen in the Christopher Reeve's movies. Oh my. That's fantastic. Yeah, in uh, this in this he was also uh, Jimmy Olsen in the Supergirl movie. Um, if I remember correctly, he was in uh, he was at the bar hanging out with the Jimmy Olsen in the uh, in Superman returns. Like, yeah, it's Mark McClure.
3: That was fantastic. And you know, after all the BBS debacle, since it's been brought up already how many people are going to say, like, well, they they did the homage to his character better than they did the character. <laughs>
2: yeah. Neat tip. You know, any, neat tip Every time, hat, every, time, every time I see Mark McClure, I always think of Troy McClure from The That's Simpsons. exactly
3: what I hear like... every time you say it. Sorry, McClure is a very ah, specific I'm Mark word. McClure. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you may remember me as Jimmy Olsen in the Christopher Reeve Superman film.
3: <laughs> right. No, someone else is saving me.
2: All right. Uh, so... <laughs> I won't get into what they actually said, but there was a uh, an early screening uh, of about thirty minutes of Justice League in China, Mm -hmm. and uh, you know it it was a group of fans, from what I understand. So it's like they might just be prone to hyperbole, but the reactions were very positive.
3: Like showing it to an SDCC room,
2: yeah. All right, so uh, more big news came out this week. Uh, A couple of tracks were released from the Danny Elfman score for Justice League. They had the Heroes theme and um, Friends and Foes. The Friends and Foes track has a little bit of that John Williams from Superman in there. It was glorious. It was. As far as I'm concerned.
3: Yeah, it made me happy.
2: I mean, you know me, man. I always prefer Danny Elfman to Hans Zimmer. I just always have.
3: Yeah, I don't Uh, think there's anything wrong or right about that. It's just a style thing.
2: And you know, when I was growing up, you know, Danny Elfman did Batman. Danny Elfman did the '90s Flash movie. For some reason, Danny Elfman coming in to do Justice League, a Justice League film, even in a separate universe, feels somehow right. It feels like I agree. It feels like the man was owed this somehow. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Oh yeah. I mean, you know, being uh, what I think is best described as '90s kids. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know generationally generationally how you do this, but the most apt description of my age I've ever heard is '90s kid.' Uh, yeah, like that '89 Batman, and then the 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 BTS were just yeah, you know, they were they, that was bread and butter, right? Absolutely. So to hear this guy come back and and even get to oh, man, I mean, I'll I'll find a picture of it. My dad actually found the ticket stubs from me sitting in the theater for the uh, for Superman, and just oh wow, um, he said it was. I'm trying to remember close to his exact words. Uh, the longest he'd ever seen me sit still was during... <laughs> Um Yeah, it, it, it that that all seems like it's just it's come together in a, a nice way musically, and it sounds great so far. The the tracks Danny Elfman's put out sound. I mean, I it, I, I was pumped listening to him.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, oh man, they're just so good. I'm pretty
3: excited. Like even if I watch the movie and walk away and just kind of think, "Well, <sighs> screw the hype, that was a bad movie." I, I think I'm still going to walk away the, thinking that's a defensible soundtrack, though.
2: Yeah, kind of the same way we feel about the '90s Flash Show. Just, like <laughs> it, yeah,
3: that's about right. Or actually, that was the conversation man. we had about Man of Steel. Was like you, you had a, you had a lot more reservations about it than I did. I was kind of in the, eh, I mean, it was, yeah, I enjoyed it, but uh, it was a movie that had. A lot of flaws, and as we discussed it, it was like one of the things I pointed out you agreed with it was like, no, that you can get onto a lot of things, but that soundtrack is just fine.
2: Yeah, I didn't care for the soundtrack at first for Man of Steel, but uh after over time, I found myself choking up at that boom boom. boom boom boom, like just boom. oh yeah, what what ha- when did this happen? I don't know, Dave. Uh, I don't know. Hans got to you. <laughs> it
0: was. Just... <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh he's he has minimalist tendencies at times and um that means he can be subtle mhm which is another word for trickery <laughs> but as long as it works yeah anyway
2: so we uh we <laughs> they they put out a whole bunch of Justice League posters they have a Mondo poster that's only going to be uh i don't even remember where it, i think it's in Austin, Texas maybe that is that is available mhm that was uh, drawn by artist uh, Lee Ber- uh, Bermejo. Uh, it's amazing looking. I want it. I want
0: it.
3: <laughs> um, I uh, forget gosh. what the source was. I, I I got to see those. And mm-hmm. which one is the one where the uh, the silhouette uh, over the light? Like- oh,
2: where the, where the negative space makes up Superman's silhouette? Yes, that's the one. That is um. A uh, Fandango poster Fandango, that they released, thank you. and it just looks like. And I don't like it. I don't like that one or the IMAX one.
3: Um, actually, it just I actually really like that one, just because I thought it was clever. And it, I mean, it looks good, but I yeah I like the idea it of it. There's
2: that. I just I don't like the. Um, it just looks like they've taken they've done Photoshop and just put like a bunch of Photoshop
3: filters on it. Oh yeah, all right. See, from like, a technical level like that, I don't really. I I know not but from a conceptual yeah. level of like oh dude the negative space of superman that's that's clever to me. I I think it was at very least I I think like if you had told someone hey I want you to work on this and they'd come back you would have been like oh you ruined my incredible idea.
2: mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Um there's also um there's also a, a set of Chinese posters some Beijing posters they released that were like very like minimalist silhouettes, you know, like very stylish but not really my cup, man. Not not really something I really would, would want on my wall or anything. They weren't my favorite. Um,
3: there's been a lot of. I'm pretty sure, like Alex. I'm
2: pretty sure the Batman one they just took the silhouette directly from The Dark Knight Returns.
0: <laughs> they might have.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> there they really were like that one. I kind of get like there's a retro feel to the Chinese ones that I appreciate part of it, and the other part of me, eh. Like it actually kind of reminds me of uh, remember the opening to. Um, Oh, the Darwin uh, Darwin Cook one. Sorry. New Frontier.
2: Oh, New Frontier? Yeah.
3: yeah. Uh, it kind of re- reminded me of New Frontier a little bit.
2: I can see that. Ow.
3: But, again. I stretched and I hurt myself. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that, everyone? Oh, man. You just heard Dave age. Mm-hmm. That is the, the exact opposite of what stretching is supposed to achieve.
2: Uh-huh. That's right. I'm hurting folks.
3: We we need we need to add about five minutes of, of, of limbering up to the beginning of your day <laughs> just see if that helps.
2: Right. I thought I already had that, but whatever. mm uh, Apparently not. Anyway. <laughs> uh yeah, moving on, I guess. Uh you know, you know uh Galgadotas uh kind of said that the whole uh Wonder Woman walking away from humanity for a hundred years thing in B V S was a mistake.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: She said, none of us knew exactly, exactly the backstory of Wonder Woman. And once they decided to shoot the solo movie for Wonder Woman and we started to dig in to understand the core of this character, we realized that actually, there is no way that Wonder Woman would ever give up on mankind. So I'm giving you a very honest answer, but it was sometimes in a creative process, you establish something that is not necessarily the right decision, but then you can always correct it and change it. So Wonder Woman will always be there as far as she's concerned for mankind. Um... I don't know if they're just gonna draw, if they're just gonna ignore that line from BVS, or if they're actually well, gonna try to make it make sense in the sequel to Wonder
3: Woman. I wouldn't be surprised either way. I, I mean, yeah, they they could make it make sense. It there's still a lot of leeway, but if anything, what I love is uh, I like I liked how um, I wish more people did what she just did though. Was like, well, here's an honest answer, but it is a mm-hmm. collaborative process. So you know, this is this was this is my take, but. And there's there's so much you know circumlocution talking around the idea, but that that you don't get an honest answer sometimes. Mm-hmm. I love it when people actually just say, "Look, it's not." I mean, this is how I actually feel, but that's just how I feel.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm I appreciate the honesty. I appreciate the candor, gal. <laughs> but I'm gonna be pissed if they don't explain that line. I'm just saying.
3: It would be nice. I'm gonna be annoyed. That would be nice to have that one wrapped up.
2: Then again, you know. I'm a fat dude sitting here talking into a microphone, playing with a fidget cube. What the hell do I know? <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh.
2: <clears throat> so, uh, <laughs> Deadline is reporting that Justice League is tracking for an opening weekend of $120 million. $110 to $120
3: million. Mm. So, you know. That doesn't feel... Traditional. Hmm? That That, I don't know. That feels slightly high-end, but... It could easily get there. You think?
2: Cuz traditionally these these uh these predictions are a little low.
3: Um yeah, no, pr- traditionally the predictions are, you know, 90 to 110 I want to say. Mm-hmm. It it's it well, hovers around the 100 mark seems like. No. Yeah. But I do com- I, well, I
2: mean, I don't remember what they were for other films, but for the other Justice League films like I think for uh, Wonder Woman, it was somewhere in the 80s or something. But,
3: yeah. Suicide Squad, I think, was the one that um, they pitched pretty high because BVS had, like, a bad turn of press right before it came out. And so did Suicide Squad. So they, But mm-hmm. Suicide Squad, they thought the powers that be um, seemed to think would survive that bad media run. And, I mean, it, it, I mean, it did. The numbers were yeah. higher than predicted. But it seems like 90 is where I would have guessed a lot of people would have guessed. No. there's a sentence,
2: but yeah, uh <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of uh, speculation that Justice League was responsible for uh, crashing Fandago's servers um they went down for a, apparently a few hours, quite a few hours, I don't know, uh on the day, I didn't have any problems, nice, but um Fandago was saying it was just you know maintenance, like yeah, right,
0: maintenance wink
3: <laughs> I mean in. <sighs> In their defense, they don't want to say, they they can't we say that it was a movie. Yeah, because they can't say we were not prepared for X movie. They just can't do that. It's going to be maintenance yeah. if you ask them. I get it. Yeah. No hard feelings.
2: I get it. We get it, Fandango. We're on your side. Maintenance. Wink. Wink. Yeah. <laughs> um, Regal Cinemas is going to be uh, holding a double feature uh, of Wonder Woman and Justice League starting November 16th at 3 p.m. Uh, double feature is going to be four hours and 22 minutes long. Uh, so by the way, yeah, uh, Justice League is an hour and 59 minutes apparently. hmm So, I don't know, do your freak out, whatever you got to do mm-hmm. out
3: there. But you have a time at least. <laughs>
2: like, I'm perfectly happy with a two-hour movie. I don't, I mean, if the editing is, you know, good, I'll be happy with it. Otherwise, I'll be like, all right, where's the other hour?
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a real thing.
2: Yeah. So, um... Justin Kroll of Variety was on um, Meet the Movie Press with Jeff Snyder and uh, Simon Thompson. And uh, he says, A little insider tidbit. So I've been tracking various movies in this world, director-wise, specifically Flashpoint. I've heard they've slowed that search down to see how this film does, because I don't know if they're giving everyone their own movie now. Aquaman is already shot. Um... They asked him about a potential Cyborg movie, not having a director. He says, well, obviously that's not happening anytime soon. Neither is Man of Steel 2. But I've heard that. I keep asking, and they're like, let's see how this film does before we go forward on those types of movies. So, you know, a lot of people are saying that uh, that this guy's got the inside track. And sometimes he does. You know, he's a pretty credible source, if not a little anti-DC-ish at times.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But... um. I mean, yeah. Th- it just sounds like it's the it's the way all of this stuff goes. I mean, if Justice League tanks, there's going to be a scramble.
3: Oh yeah. Well, and we said <laughs> this before. Uh, we said this before Wonder Woman, that if if it tanks, there's going to be a scramble. But we're not being repetitive. Uh, it, w- it's just it, the
2: way the movie business works. No, it.
3: I it, before Wonder Woman came out and actually did dope, it did not just fine. It did well. Uh, like critically, finally got some praise and the movie sold just fine so before Mm -hmm. that happened we had i mean in our like me and you talking had still said no wonder woman needs to go well but so does justice league it's not just like we got away with one and then justice league tanks and they're fine both of these movies need to do well
2: yeah i mean look the rotten tomato score matters like the critics matter but not as much as the money like, if, if I mean, the critics mattered as much, we wouldn't be this far. Yeah,
3: I, that's that's the whole point. Is the, the the proof is in the box office returns, and they've gotten enough money to keep mm-hmm. doing this whole thing. I mean, WB could drop this and bring it up 15 years later. They have these IPs for as long as they yeah. want them. It's not a matter of—they can play a slow game. They can wait for the MCU to die and then wait another 10 years and pick it all up again using the same formula MCU did. And guess what? Some people would notice, and a lot of people wouldn't care. they just go to the movies. Yeah. I,
2: I think most people don't care
3: if they're seeing a good thing. They really don't care most of the time. No, I mean it's it. There's not going to be like an some backlash of people with a, integrity as far as story form goes saying no. It's that's not going to happen by the by the hundreds of millions, man. Yeah. It's just not. So instead, what you're going to get is like they, they could have stopped. They could have bailed on this. They have it, because the numbers have borne out so far. Mm-hmm. They've been making two hundred plus. I think I, I want to say two hundred plus profit per movie at least. Yeah. So until that stops.
2: So, yeah. As as for Kroll, I don't know that this is really an insider tidbit. This is just the way it works. I mean, all of this stuff is up in the air all the time. True. Sure. Until they actually like start even after they start committing things to film. So- Look at Justice League Mortal.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's true. Now, it doesn't just ha- <laughs> it doesn't just have to be completed like I mean, I can't name you them, but I know I I don't have that kind of uh, backlog of information, but there are plenty of movies who have even made it through principal photography and never saw the light of day.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Paid
3: everyone involved the, their full paycheck, had to walk away. Yep. A lot of people wish the re- most recent Fantastic Four was one of them, but we don't live in a perfect world.
2: Yeah. What was that Jerry Lewis movie, The Day the Clown Cried?
3: I don't know. <laughs> Something
2: like that. Oh, no. There's only been like three people who've ever seen it. <laughs> there are a few of those.
3: There are a few of those. And sometimes it's just because the guy who, uh, the people who backed it, just kind of decide, you know what, I'm cutting my losses. I don't think this worked out at all. And uh, I mean, it yeah. could be anything from that, or just distribution problems. Um, it can be a lot of things. You're not guaranteed anything in this world. Yeah. I don't mean that existentially. Uh, I mean Hollywood gives and it takes. <laughs>
2: Well, with that in mind, we'll pop over to this Jeffrey Dean Morgan news. Um, he was on Jimmy Kimmel, and um, <laughs> Kimmel asked him uh, about this uh, about him possibly playing uh,
3: Thomas Wayne in Flashpoint. Um, For some reason, I'm just really happy this conversation happened at all.
2: Yeah. So Jimmy asks, uh, I've learned that there are these there are some comic series where Thomas Wayne is a Batman. Are you going to be Batman in the Flash movie? And Morgan says, it's a paradox universe, Flashpoint Batman. And then he lets out a breath. He flashes a smile at the audience. He raises an eye- his eyebrows. Um, and everyone cheers. And then he says, I didn't say shit. <laughs> <laughs> and Kimmel goes, I, I don't think you had
3: to. <laughs> I, all right. what What we definitely proved with that clip is that Jeffrey Dean Morgan is super charismatic. I, I don't know if it says anything more about where the the character is going to go because I mean come on we're talking about a guy who like yeah. Menginello, you know since we mentioned him went on how many shows as Deathstroke and then had to go back to a couple later like, I think he was on like the View or something and had to go eh, we'll see yeah um after being on Kimmel and everything yeah. else but
2: uh yeah I mean Morgan adds here he says he says no no I don't know anything and Kimmel says you don't know anything you would know if you weren't playing him right. And then Morgan goes. Really, I don't know anything. DC has a lot of, of has a lot of things. And Kimmel goes. So you are working with DC. And then Morgan changed the subject to. I have worked with DC on Batman v Superman <laughs> and
0: <laughs> and Watchmen. <laughs>
3: uh, get him, Jimmy.
2: <laughs> it's a pretty delightful clip.
3: Yeah, I just think. I just think Morgan could probably, like, pull off an eyebrow raise at a crowd and, and get that reaction under a lot of circumstances. Mm-hmm. It has to be, too. Like, how many people in that in that crowd know about Flashpoint, right? Your average oh, yeah. Jimmy Kimmel crowd? It's not to disparage them. It's just that, like, <laughs> the people who have read Flashpoint or are a minority in the country, period. It's not, like, something that Maybe. everyone's read. Yeah. A lot of people are familiar with it. But, do you, you know, do you expect, like, an entire Jimmy Kimmel Live? Any audience of any late-night show to just yell and cheer? No, that man is just... That man is just compelling. Seen it over the years.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think I think the Kim, the, the Kimmel and Fallon crowd are, are very genre savvy.
0: That could be. the I case. really do.
2: I think it's because it's become an internet culture sort of thing. Like they're so prevalent online. I think that uh, with certain bits, I think that you know they've they've got kind of a large genre uh, a large genre crowd more so than Leno ever did. Or hell, I think even. Uh, Dave struggled a bit, though he had some really great comedians on all the time, you know. Anyway, oh yeah, yeah. Um, he had top-notch
3: comedians, but uh, I could see that. Then again, well, you know, again, what do I know? <laughs> so, uh,
0: I mean, are you telling uh, me you according... can't
3: like immediately parse out <laughs> and digest and then re-assimilate information on a combined two hundred years of late-night television on the spot? Because I expect at well, least that much from you, Dave.
2: Well, I mean, I feel like I just did that, but, you know, I don't have numbers to back me up, so what the hell do I know, right?
3: <laughs> Disclaimer. Numbers
2: <laughs> not accounted for. I will say that I know more about late-night television than most people. Like, I, like I'm like i ridiculously into that, but... Savvy, as you'd put it? Well, you know, I don't know that I'd say savvy. I'd say, you know, at the most... Privy, privy.
3: I like privy. That's a good. That's a good (laughs) stopping point for that.
2: I like it. Um. So Wonder Woman is apparently, according to Google's Frightgeist, the the most popular Halloween costume this year. She's Wonder uh, Wonder Woman is number one. Harley is
3: still number two. That's only knocking Harley down from one to two, right? (laughs)
2: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, sad day, bats. Your Batman is uh,
3: seventeen. Oh, that's rough. I think there's a backlash yeah, though of um a lot of people who have who would like to dress as Batman but they've seen since it's been a popular thing recently they've seen uh, celebrity uh-huh. personnel dressed as Batman on occasions and I think it has brought down mm-hmm. the numbers for Batman. Maybe. I really I really think that's part of it. Why wouldn't it have brought
2: down for Harley though? Is everybody's Harley, everybody.
3: I just think it's a lot easier to pull off Harley than it is Batman. I mean, you can see, especially yeah. when you see someone in full garb, it just no one, no one in real life ever looks like they can fill that suit out. But there are mm-hmm. people that look like they can fill out Harley Quinn's outfit.
2: Sure, maybe so, man. All right, we got some listener feedback to get Let's to. Hit it. Um, we have a couple of iTunes reviews. Uh, first up, um, Pastor Sean uh, reviews us. He gives us uh, the title is essential. And uh, he gives us five stars, and he says, absolutely fantastic podcast. The chemistry between these guys makes this podcast great fun to listen to. And if you enjoy the DCEU, this will keep you up to date on current shows, past shows, upcoming films, books, and more. Just love it.
3: Uh-huh. Thank you, dude. Somebody, uh, yeah. Thank That's you. It's one of those where I, I just wish we could frame that and retire. Just walk out on a good note. <laughs> You know what? I didn't.
2: I don't know where I put that other review. I had another review here. <laughs> another iTunes review. Did I not copy and paste it? Did I just read it and not put it in there? Oh. Uh, I'll be a second.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, here we go. All right, so uh, this next review gives us five stars. It is from Lobster Johnson, which I've heard before. I think they've given us a review somewhere before. Hmm. Uh, maybe even on iTunes. Heck of a name there. Yeah. Now, what's interesting is I kind of looked up Lobster Johnson and found some of their other reviews, and they have a, di- a slightly different uh, style of, of writing with uh, with other podcasts. Mm. But here's what they said to us. Howdy-do. Them fellers don't like an old widder woman. <laughs> I'm calling them, <laughs> talking about soil in her drawers but they they are good boys and put on a highfalutin show on my Victrola. <laughs> it's Victrola. That's fantastic. <laughs> Reaching deep, buddy. I'm on to you, Lobster Johnson. I'm on to you.
3: Uh, now, now I'm imagining Lobster Johnson and what may be an associated character with, like, a tiny white dog with one spot, helping him listen to these these fine recordings. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Also, I'm sorry. Lobster Johnson oh. sounds like uh, uh, I love the name, but it also sounds like it could be a, a mob character on SpongeBob. It does. I love it even more for I, that. I, yeah, like right, you don't want to you don't want to take a swim with Lobster Johnson. Nobody ever comes back with us from a swim with Lobster Johnson.
2: I will take a swim with Lobster Magnet. Nice. <laughs> is, is that a thing? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's like early internet, man. Mm. Lobster sticks to magnet. Oh, that one? It's just a. Yes, terrible old flash video. It's amazing that I love it. That one passed me by. (laughs) Alrighty. Moving along. (laughs) Let's see. I gotta go. I gotta find my place now again. You got all
3: discombobulated with that one.
2: I I did. The Witter Women do it to me again, Mm. man. The supposed, Did it to me again. alleged, Suspected. The alleged Witter Women. <laughs> we got a voicemail from Jay Scott St. Clair, uh, and I suppose we'll play that right now.
1: What's going on, DC on screen? It's your boy, J. Scott St. Clair here. I'll just get right into it. Was Zachary Levi's casting as Shazam an inspired choice, if I do say so, That makes him the most recent of a long list of performers who have played both in the DC and Marvel sandbox? That said, I feel that Mr. Levi is still relatively unknown to most moviegoers, with his most memorable roles having been in TV, the titular role of the series Chuck in particular. I could really see this role in Shazam as an opportunity to submit himself as a household name. So, which actor do you feel enjoyed the most significant boost in their career by appearing on screen as a DC character? Christian Bale is the first one that comes to mind for me, but the same could certainly be said for Henry Cavill and Gal Gadot. All right, that'll do it, gents. Stay classy and keep some DC on your screen.
2: All right, so uh, J. Scott, St. Clair. Asked us, uh, asked us, which actor enjoyed the most significant boost from their role as a DC character? I would say Gal Gadot, probably.
3: Yeah. Well. Yes and no.
2: I mean, I mean, I think it's hard to say at this point because you know, like Ben Affleck was already huge. Yeah, Ben Affleck was
3: Henry Cavill, already, uh, and Henry Cavill had some traction. So it's hard to say he had traction, but not that much. I wouldn't say he has. I wouldn't say he has more now. Yeah, That's actually true. I mean, he's he's only done uh, limited things since. Yeah, but, but to me, Gal Gadot has been the breakout star in a lot of ways. But she she's been the breakout star internationally. But uh, nationally, I mean, she was is it is it Israel? Am I, um, yeah, thought I was misplacing the country for a second there. But uh, nationally, she was all, uh, obviously a, a treasure anyway.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, she was big in the she was in the Fast and the
3: Furious. Yeah, I think it might depend on how you measure it. Is it okay if I go all the way back and say that uh, Kevin Conroy is the breakout star?
2: I don't think that's true, though.
3: (laughs) I mean, he was good, but (laughs) what do we know him for? Batman.
2: I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to go with Gal Gadot. Uh, You know, I I wouldn't say Christian Bale. I disagree with you on that. He was in a ton of stuff before Batman, and...
3: I think Christian Bell's. I haven't
2: really seen him do much after Batman, honestly. No, he's
3: he's done plenty. I mean, um, he's done a lot of uh, almost body art roles. I'll call it. Like, if nothing else, The Big Short was fantastic. Christian Bell, I think, was one of those people that is crazy talented enough that you would have known about him one way or the other. Yeah. And Godot and Cavill, I yeah. think, are both talented, but I have to give the edge to Cavill just because in in her own world she was already winning in in that. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Oh, wasn't he? I mean, he was doing pretty well. I think it's a toss-up between the two, really.
0: All right. Well,
2: but, uh, okay, if you really want to know the truth, though, I think after Justice League, it's going to be Ezra Miller.
3: Who, some would argue, has already had some pretty significant roles.
2: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. He's really I good. I mean, Momoa's, he's a really good Momoa's
3: actor. off the, he's not in consideration for this. I mean, a lot of the he's other not. people. Actually, what has Ray Fisher been doing before this?
2: Uh, I, I couldn't tell you. I know he's been in something. I never I mean, remember I'm pretty it is, sure though. it's not
3: his first role, but I honestly I've yeah. got nothing. I might I might subject uh, him to this kind of uh test yeah. and, and he might be on a, a a few radars he wasn't before.
2: Maybe so. I think he did the opposite for Jared Leto though.
3: <laughs> no, I think Blade Runner did the he opposite for that. Jared Leto.
2: I don't know, man. That that movie's been uh, widely held as far as uh, criticism is concerned, even if it's a you know not really a box office draw. I mean, it's. But he even said recently in an interview that he was like uh, when he did the Joker, he started getting all these like typecasted roles. Like they wanted to play Manson, they wanted to play all these serial killers and cult leaders and stuff,
3: which he would be great at.
2: Yeah, he said he might do them all and just make a box set.
3: i would i would be into that man i can deal with it actually if he played manson in particular because manson was also a musician um Mm -hmm. that would make a lot of sense he could probably play that with some some real gravity i've never thought about a a a manson movie but damn that that would be my cast now if i want jared leto to do it
2: yeah i don't know i don't know it would be a little weird because a lot of people complained that his uh his Joker was a little too Jim Carrey and I'll just never stop thinking of Jim Carrey playing Charlie Manson on a living color.
3: I don't recall that. I feel like I do. I feel like I probably saw it at some point, but I don't actually remember it. I just
2: remember him in a in a prison telling the other inmates something about like, "How did he know? Hell, I'm right inside of your freaking heads." <laughs> That's amazing. I don't something like that.
3: <laughs> that role never felt Jim Carreyish to me, though. It, it, it that's not. <laughs> what the Joker? Yeah, that never felt Jim Carreyish. It, it, it absolutely did in places to me. No, no. There, Which I, I guess that's the. There was just something that felt different to me. I'm not sure how to pinpoint it. I'll, I'll think about it because I won't have a choice. It'll bother me. But there's something. I think felt it's like funny something that, slightly different.
2: I think it was funny that that was the complaint for both Leto and uh, and Eisenberg. Is that he? That they he was just playing Jim Carrey. They were both just playing Jim Carrey.
3: See, I don't agree with
2: either of those. He's, I I do a little bit on the on the Joker. Not all of it, but there are a few spots where he's he's definitely seems to be channeling Jim Carrey. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Matthew Sal, Salvatore over on Twitter, uh, Salvatore underscore Chief says, "How do you feel about another prequel Wonder Woman?"
3: Mm, it's 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 rough. I I think a lot of it has to do with how they're going to put it in the timeline in an interesting way. That's actually my only real problem with the concept right now. It's how do you put it mm-hmm. in the universe we've got going on and make it something I really care about. Yeah, but I worried about it that's before be... with Wonder Woman, and they did it anyway. So I have the high the highest of hopes.
2: Yeah, I mean, I just think it depends on how they do it. That that's just my my thing.
3: Yeah, I, but I mean, then again, before they had scared to lean on. Mm-hmm. You had an origin story you could lean on. Now, if you come back with a yeah. sequel and tell me more of the origin story, it better be very poignant, or I'm going to give you a, a giant, uh, what are you doing with my time, you know?
2: Wouldn't it be awful if they just did, like, they pulled an evil dead, and every time they did another sequel to Wonder Woman, they just redid the origin story, but with different actors instead of, you know? Just Gal Gadot is the only person who stays. <laughs> <laughs> and everything's just kind of weird and different. Anyway. After a while, they're just people uh, pointing out. This feels <laughs> weird. Uh, Matthew Salvatore also on Twitter says, Any thoughts on how Superman returns in Justice League? Could the Codex play a role in Superman's resurrection? The Codex was a major plot point in MOS. Absolutely. And I was w- just wondering if it might come full circle. Um, and he also points out, uh, It gave life to whole generations of Kryptonians, so it uh, it should help. Ha ha ha.
0: hmm <laughs>
2: I don't think so. I think the Codex was just a MacGuffin for Man of Steel. Um, plus, it didn't have, like, life-giving powers to, you know, a person who was already there. It just contained the DNA it, of other Kryptonians.
3: Yeah, it is... In this universe, it's just a cipher for spitting out a human, or a Kryptonian. Um, yeah. It's not necessarily something that has any... It's not imbued in any way. Mm-hmm. But it being brought up wouldn't surprise me. Like, the idea that there's... Uh, because it, you know, in the Death and Return of Superman, like uh, there's there's a lot of Kryptonian technology that essentially makes this happen anyway. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't surprise me if it's part of the equation.
2: Me personally, I think I think it's going to be a uh, maybe those rocks coming off the the casket was really like someone from Apocalypse beaming him the hell out, you know, absconding with pa- uh, with Superman so that they can mind control him. I think that's what's going to happen. I think he's going to come back as a bad guy and kind of come back to himself.
3: Yeah, and I gotta, I gotta say right now that idea annoys me. I'm always annoyed by it. Yeah, I, it's just it's a theme for me personally. Like, I mean, Avengers one, I was okay with it for a minute; it made sense for the story. But it, that was about as much as I wanted to explore that idea. Avengers two, repeat, recycle. Hmm. Um, I, I don't want to go into that again. I, I just, I just don't. I get bored with. I don't either. Uh. You know, mind control stuff. It, it, even still, like uh, if we go to TV for a second, like the the last year crossover with all the the CW stuff, Mm-hmm. heavily mind control influenced, especially in the the, the major middle chunk of the crossover. Yeah, I mean this year's it's not mind control, but it's just you know Earth X kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I do I get bored with that kind of thing. Oh, it's it's I... not him. He's just controlled by another person i don't know i i I do honestly deeply prefer like organic reasons that people are doing things
2: you go to the justice league trailer you think of you know bruce saying i had a dream it was the end of the world all right well hopefully that's the part in justice league where he's realizing we can beat him lois is the key and we don't actually have to see that future that injustice future yeah (laughs) that flash warned him about bvs yeah but I I do think Superman will probably come back evil for a minute. And Lois is the key, man. Where else are they gonna do it? Where else? I don't want to drag that 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 possible future out any further. Let's just go ahead and get it over with. In yeah. Justice League.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. No, I would like to knock that out early because it was it's it's a uh, an anomaly that I'm not comfortable with in that film. And plus, we have the Danny Elfman track uh, tr- where like it does have the theme. They do bring mm-hmm. it down a notch. It does yeah. have. You know that minorish uh, evil tone to it, and
2: right, but not the minor evil tone like Kevin Spacey and a fourteen-year-old.
3: No, <laughs> not <laughs> hasn't gone that far. Thank And goodness. the House of Cards has fallen. Yeah, there's some more news for you guys. That's not <laughs> happening anymore. Yeah. I'm very sorry. That's awful. That's going to really yeah. hurt a lot of you. Also, a bad situation yeah. in general. But oh yeah, it's part of the part of the. That's thankfully how it's going these days. There's a lot of people being called out. Um mm-hmm. but uh, the Danny Elfman theme Hashtag get it. <laughs> the uh the Danny Elfman theme though, like it, it does kind of point out uh I don't know. It, it it is a dark interpretation of a very particular moment in the Superman theme and the the track is called Friends and Foes. It mm-hmm. it it does seem from a month out, no less than that. Um, pretty clear that there is going to be a moment of decision, you know, that kind of thing.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. How great would it be if, like, with the first time we see the Justice League stand together, all together, we get, like, a Denny Elfman version of Dun-Dun-Dun-Dun-Dun-Dun.
0: <laughs>
2: just bring us that Super Friends theme, man. Mm-hmm. Just Just hit us with it. <laughs> you could just do that in a
3: 32 piece and it'd be fine. Mm-hmm. It would it would make sense there.
2: They could even just like dun 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 dun, just to go right into the other thing. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I am curious I about all the things when I hear the dum dum diddle do. I am I am curious like within the context of the movie as a whole whether I'm going to look at that and go oh, it's a little corny.
2: Mm-hmm. Or if they'll even have any of that in the movie. I, don't... I, I, I surmise Come Together will just be on the in the closing tracks.
3: I think it's just in the closing tracks.
2: The, 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 the credits, I mean. That's closing not credits.
3: bad. Because for me, it's too recognizable a track. I think it does pull you out of the movie, so I kind of hope they don't use it. But if they mm-hmm. do, and they use it at the right spot, for me, it'll be like, yeah, Come Together, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: All right. Uh, so, uh, blah, blah, blah. Kayla Renee Walters on Facebook sent us a thumbs up. Well, thank you. Thank you. I take that as a good thing. Hopefully, uh, Kayla's not from a culture that uh, where the thumbs up is like a middle finger.
3: I know that's out there, but I don't remember who to attribute it to.
2: Yeah, I don't remember. Mm. Um, Yeah. So, we're going to uh, jump over to uh, the television news. If you aren't caught up and you don't want to be spoiled to some small degree, uh, I'd suggest uh, cutting us off here. Uh, if you do that, you can find every episode for free at dconscreen.com. Uh, again, if you, if you like us, if you, if you want to help support us, pop over to iTunes and, and throw us a positive rating and review. And, uh, you can find us on, uh, Twitter, DC on screen, Instagram, DC on screen, we're on Facebook and go like us over there. You can, be, you can become a part of the, uh, Facebook group, um, discuss with other fans, whatever you like. And, uh, as far as well, we don't like spoilers over there, you like, know, but you know, whatever.
3: <laughs>
2: That's really our our rule they're, yeah. they're Our one rule. It's
3: the one thing. Don't just dis- discuss specifics of an episode. Yeah. Uh
2: but otherwise, uh until next week, keep some DC on your screen. All right. So over to the DC TV news. Um right into the right of the Flash. This week's Flash uh revealed uh talking about spoilers. Uh there is <laughs> yet another form of meta somewhere in the Arrowverse uh quantum entanglement and traces of dark matter are part of the mechanism but there uh is a lot to learn of this season uh we only mention this though because jason has been griping about death bolt for years now so many years um
0: <laughs> like,
2: like oh no he wasn't around the particle accelerator let's forget about this that's what happened um yeah pretty much so but you know i mean this was like a quantum entanglement issue with the with the bus uh we, you know, we have people who are, I don't, I can't remember if there are mutants though. I can't remember if there are mutants, but I remember that, I mean, you know, there's obviously like aliens and there are, uh, there are, uh,
3: there's like magic. There's aliens, there's magic, there's body modification, there's uh, mm-hmm. particle accelerator, there's the associated quantum entanglement bus. hmm Um. And just money. And just money. Yeah. You can just money yourself into having a power. But that's more like a technological improvement. That's more like a deliberate body modification. Whereas, like uh, someone like Samson, I think on Arrow was just an inadvertent mm-hmm. product of chemicals. I want to say, yeah, eh, a little shaky like that. on his character. But um, there, there have been some products of intervention, we'll call it, that have created uh-huh. supers in the past. Now, mm-hmm. what I got excited about was they mentioned. Well, he wasn't here in the particle explosion. Uh, you know. Um, and I thought, "Oh my God, finally!" And and then as they described it, and especially when they pinpointed to a bus, I thought, "Oh, come on now! All these years I've waited." <laughs> and they didn't pin.
2: They didn't pinpoint every character who's ever had powers. That, they didn't. They didn't say Deathbolt was on that bus. That's my point. Obviously, he wasn't. Is
3: they didn't say he was on the bus. So right. now I it's. Mean, uh, to me, now it's as simple as, like, well, yeah, there's another method out there, but I still don't have an explanation. Yeah, I'm sorry, buddy. I know.
2: Anyway, uh, they have a new Flash trailer out that uh, features the crooked cop history of the Flash's Ralph Dibney. Who gives us our first real look at the elongated man. How do you feel, buddy? Yeah, it looks good. Well, I- as much as I hate to, and this is going to be a theme, I guess, for the show,
3: Um, I felt like he was playing a little too Jim Carrey. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get that out of it at all. Uh, if anything, I wondered whether they had kind of mixed up. Like, I don't remember Ralph Dibney having uh, a criminal background. I, like, he, he's... It's like they're trying to make him Ill O'Brien as exactly. well. Exactly. That's my point. It's like they're trying to combine all their plastic people uh-huh. and be like, what if we grabbed Ill's backstory and gave him the detective skills of Ralph Dibney? How would that yeah. work out? He's a crooked cop
2: instead of a, you know, just a crook.
3: Yeah. It. it which is fitting that they you would like melt all your plastic people together and be like, Here we go. But yeah. uh did it strike you as such to me? Uh, that's how it struck me. It was like, well that...
2: it's a little weird. It's a little weird. You call him good yeah, looked... name that's
3: ill storyline. Honestly. Whatever.
2: Honestly I think he looks a little like Carrie. I think he acts a little too much like Jim Carrey. I haven't seen the entire episode. But um, you know, I'm not a huge fan so far. Mm. Which is sad because I was really looking forward to elongated man.
3: I had no problems with the character. I, I just um don't. That was the one thing that I was, I don't know, that stood out to me. I was like, eh, it's not really no. the backstory. Whatever. Okay.
2: I'm hoping they'll exonerate him. You know.
3: Oh, they will. They will. He's supposed to be a an ongoing part of the series. He's you know a series regular right now. Yeah. So
2: well, I mean, he could be like on a path to re- to redemption. You know, instead, as opposed to a. Yeah. You know. This. I, has, I don't want to have a thing where like I'm on a path to redemption and everybody else is like, how can we trust you, Ralph? Yeah. I know. I
3: know. I don't want to do that either. Um, but essentially, they do that a lot, and uh, mm-hmm. functionally, we have our new Julian, great detective. Yeah, I guess not quite part of the team. Trust issues. Mm-hmm. Blah 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 blah.
2: I'd rather just have Julian back.
3: We already know what we're doing with Tom Felt. I don't know what he's up to now. Probably something British.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Over to Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> Um, Mark Guggenheim was asked about Whether they would revisit uh, Star City 2046 He said it would be awesome That's totally a bucket list item for us We've talked about eventually going back there and seeing it There are still a couple of different ideas That we have related to that time period But nothing solid is planned Um, We say this on Arrow where we do 23 episodes But it's especially true on Legends Where we are only doing 18 You run through the real estate really really fast So we always end every year with stories That we didn't get a chance to do how about you do those stories instead of the stories you're putting on television? <laughs> I don't think it's that deep. I don't know. I don't really particularly care for most of the episodes they put on television. So if they do the story,
3: the other stories. Also, you're just betting on on chaos there. Like you're you're not betting on a particular thing. You're just hoping that somehow they have what I'll call inverse judgment. Well,
2: yeah, like, I feel like if if <laughs> they're like, no, this one doesn't deserve to be on the show,
3: I feel like it's you probably good. You feel like good. you'd put your money on the fact that, like, no, they probably called that wrong. Let's, let's use that right. one instead.
2: The only known quantity that I have is that the vast majority of the shows they put on are not very good.
3: <laughs> I, still don't, I, I, I still don't completely. <sighs> it's as entertaining as I expect it to be. That's where I leave it.
2: Yeah, and, I mean, it's as entertaining as I expected to be. It's, I just expect it to be terrible.
3: It's just, it's not blowing my mind, but it's not terrible. I don't think it's terrible by any stretch, I mean, but it's... Honestly,
2: it's, last couple episodes have actually been pretty good. You've only taken up a little bit? <laughs> yeah, For the last couple episodes. Like, that's not a that's not a pattern
3: yet. That's, those are two coincidences. Still an, an anomaly, but worth investigation. That's where i put that one, too. Yeah,
2: yeah. Nate being high was phenomenal. That was actually pretty great. <laughs> Um, but anyway, uh, Phil Clemmer is teasing a, uh, a death, a character, a major character death on legends. He says, all the legends are not going to be fun. I think there's, that's something that we said very early on when we were talking about a show that we hadn't even made at Comic-Con three years ago. We said the show was an ensemble and it was one where we were going to have a rotating cast and that when people died, they would die in real life. I don't think that's what he means, but <laughs> <laughs> like... Nope. When they die on the show, we're gonna take them back out we're back gonna... behind
3: the stage and slit their throat. No, come on. Stick to the theme of the show. Uh, how do you say it? Put two in the back of their head and call it a day.
2: Oh yeah, it's been so long since I heard <laughs> snart. Uh, it's been a long time since Hawkman got stabbed or whatever. Like you don't even remember what you guys did. Yeah, I like long... the or whatever. I love that
3: line. Or whatever. It's is been my a long time since
2: yeah, since Hawkman got stabbed or whatever. Yeah. It's been a long time.
3: Whatever we did. We actually got rid of him. Whatever happened. It's been However a long time transpired. since transpired.
2: <laughs> it's been a long time since Hawk Girl flew away. Our show really got to be super funny last year. It did? But I feel like you have it to did. leaven it that did. did it? It was okay. it was
3: pretty funny a lot of time. It just Okay. I think super funny is probably an exaggeration, but it was funny.
2: Yeah, he says, but I feel like you have to leaven that comedy with some hardcore pathos and some real-world stakes. All right,
3: well, uh, I feel you
2: there. Yeah? I mean, he's right. Or maybe, you know, maybe don't take away the comedy. Maybe just take away all of the expository crap. Oh, well, you can't
3: take away all the exposition. If you can't fit you the exposition in the previously on. <laughs> it probably doesn't <laughs> need to be on. That, that's a fair rule.
2: <laughs> I don't need 15 seconds of Stein explaining how he knows things about Jax. I'm like, yeah, I know. You have a psychic connection. Stop. Please stop saying it.
3: No, the the problem is if you're a weekly viewer and you notice exposition, then it has been predicted poorly. Like, if something happened, and if I'm a, if something happened listener, a year ago and, and you viewer. take, you know, four seconds and a couple sentences to remind me of it, good call, good call. That was a year ago. I forgot about that. Something happened last mm-hmm. week. Or if something is part of the premise of the show, and you take a moment to uh, to point it out, not as okay. Yeah. Not as okay at all.
2: Yeah. Like, I have people in my life who watch Supernatural, and I'll hear these things, these, like, expository things, and I'm like, nope. Bullshit. They should know that. Mm-hmm. They should know that.
3: They've been doing this for like, 14 years. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're actually on, like, 10 or 11. But still.
2: I think it's, Actually, they're on 12. 12? I think. I think.
3: Dear God. They've been doing this for 37 years. It's been a, it's been a minute, man. The, the, if you don't know what's going on with that show right now, what are you doing? I have no idea what's, what no idea
2: what's going on with that show.
3: I mean, I even know one of the main storylines right now is Lucifer is an actual character.
2: Yeah, and there's Castiel and all that yeah. crap. Yeah, I know. Exactly. But... Um, but I can just hear the expo- exposition, the expo- expository dialogue. I can just hear it and go, mm, "No, that's not okay." They're brothers. They're <laughs> supposed to know that. <laughs> that should be a
3: look. That entire <laughs> paragraph should be a look and a mention. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, remember, uh, like Hawkeye and um, Oh, forgive me, I'm blanking. Hawkeye and Black Widow, like talking about like uh-huh. formations they used once upon a time with. Yeah, three words or so. Mhm. Avengers is not the end all be all, but that's a great example of how you can do exposition that oh, these characters have so much back history that they can sum up a formation in like a couple of words and glance at each other and nod and they know what they're doing. Life or death. We know what we're doing. Yeah, Supernatural yeah. should have some kind of playbook like that by now. They don't.
2: Yeah. Or like look at, uh, you know, Superman Batman public enemies if you want to go to DC with this thing where you just have Batman and Clark fighting And then Batman just goes, Clark, huh? castling. Oh.
3: Yes. That's it. And then their actions explain it. Because sadly, I actually know what that meant. Me too. They said castling. (laughs) I was like, oh, yeah, it's a good call. Yeah. Anyway, uh, over to
2: Arrow. (laughs) Mark Guggenheim uh, is talking about the new big bad. He says, there's a method to our madness in terms of all the various differing casting things we've announced. We've got David Nickel back as Anatoly. That's going to provide a specific kind of antagonism. I will say Kirk uh, Acevedo is Richard, uh, sorry, uh, Ricardo Diaz, that's uh, Richard Dragon, mm-hmm. is absolutely phenomenal. He is just such a terrific, terrific uh, character and a terrific bad guy. With Season 6 and the way we're handling the enemies of Team Arrow, we're playing a bit of a long game. We have sort of a long term plan that'll hopefully, uh, hopefully, we can execute. But we were definitely recognizing that coming into season six, we can't do the tried and true, easily meet the big bad in the season premiere or the mid-season finale. We have to change up our normal paradigms, and then you can build up the big bad in the back half of the year. Yeah, whatever. I'll see if that's, we'll see if that's a good call. I don't know.
3: That could work. I mean, I, I have. Been, I mean, it could absolutely work. Yeah, I've been, I've been wondering. And uh, you remember how proud they were with Damian Dark that they introduced him immediately instead of like episode nine.
2: Yeah, I liked that. It was the back half that I hated. where yeah, he it just was, became He, he was, weird and ineffectual.
3: Exactly, and his powers got unexplainable. Yes,
2: like his weaknesses were at the speed of plot. Yes, like, just
3: and his strength like... was definitely <laughs> at the speed of plot. Yeah, like, it, that got. I, I think they had a great idea, and it just got away from it a little bit. hmm And even still, I think season four ended – I think it still came to a pretty satisfying conclusion. But there was a yeah. lot of, like, the last six or eight episodes where it was pretty confusing. I mean, really. So mm-hmm. I don't know what they're going for, but I like the idea that they're going for so, for, for something different. Because like, right now, if you ask me who's the big bad of uh, Arrow, I don't, I don't freaking know. I, I like <laughs> – William, because he's taking Oliver away from the team. I don't know. Yeah, it's not. It's not that FBI agent. That's not going to be a thing. Like she's one of the more boring roles because right now it's it's this very uh, uh, too well traveled path of I know you've got something going on or I'm going to look into it. Uh, get bored by that kind yeah. of stuff. especially because we explored it already with Quentin, mm-hmm. like in episode one two maybe through season
2: four I mean I
3: think by <laughs> yeah like by episode three or four of Arrow he had already been arrested for being the vigilante it's like that yeah that's the kind of storyline that it it's it's got a little bit of pop to it because he's a mayor and this is a federal agent and he actually has retired you know on the surface um from fulfilling the role as the Green Arrow but it's not enough mm-hmm. it's not enough for me to really care yet there's gonna have to be something there but if you ask me right now, yeah. where the where the season's heading, I don't know. Michael Emerson? Question mark. Raise yeah. shoulders. Squint. I don't know. That's what I've got.
2: I mean, you know, Vigilante. Michael Emerson. That would be fantastic. Couple things on the horizon. But they've already also they said buy. that like every character will have their own enemy.
3: Yeah. It's it's more of a Legion of Doom than I think they were actually doing previously. Mm-hmm. If it works out the way they're describing it.
2: Yeah. So uh, Charlotte Ross is going to be returning as Donna Smoke this season. I'm good with that. I like her. And, um, boom, 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 boom. Winnie Miracle talking about Vigilante being recast, or sorry, not recast, being cast. She says, we are super psyched about that character and about the stories that we have planned. He'll definitely come back. We left that dangling deliberately in season five, knowing that we would bring that character back in season six. We'll have a really cool storyline, not just in respect to the city, but also with respect to a particular member of the team. We're intrigued, and we're kind of going through the casting process right now. We're very excited about it. Uh, now Guggenheim said this in, uh, in May though, we know who it is, but we were kind of intrigued by the idea of having a mystery that led into the next season. As a general rule, I'm not a fan of mystery characters who, when you take off the mask, the audience goes, wait a minute. I've never seen that person before in my life. I'm probably not spoiling anything by saying whoever's underneath the vigilante mask, you've seen that person before. So this is another one of those instances of the producers are liars. Somebody's a liar here.
3: Yeah. The, the left hand and the right hand aren't communicating.
2: So you know, keep that under your hats, guys. Like just, just keep it close to your heart for whatever happens in this season. <laughs> One there's, of them has
3: been there are some anomalies, dishonest. Yeah.
2: Well, anachronisms. Yeah.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, you know, how it is like as the production moves on, you have a role carved out for somebody, and maybe you don't. Maybe you you trump that story. Like you have a you have a better idea. Like, oh no, we could we can do that. We can do that better. But now we have mm-hmm. to cast someone else. But now Mark's already said this. And honestly, if I, was, if I was in the room and someone said, well, but Mark's already said this and that's on record, I, I would just kind of look at him and laugh and go, oh, Mark said so many things. <laughs> <laughs> Worry not.
2: Uh, so uh, Stephen Amell recently confirmed via Twitter that Roy Harper will return very soon. This is a couple of weeks after Wendy Miracle mentioned where Harper's return was imminent.
3: Um. So yeah, maybe I, he'll be back. I was confused a couple weeks <laughs> ago when that wasn't like solid news of like Ro Harper returns. She she's talking about it in past tense almost. Like yeah, we've we're just working out the details.
0: Hmm.
2: Now uh, you know Stephen Amell was like, I'm not suiting up last week or week before or something like that. You know. Mm-hmm. And uh, now David Ramsey, when he was asked about whether he'll stay Green Arrow, he says, No, no, it's Green Arrow. Stephen Amell is Green Arrow. <laughs>
3: I love that not both gonna, of it's their not quotes start with the word no, period.
2: Yeah. He says, of course not, but I think it's very interesting, and it's an interesting twist on how it fits into the ultimate theme of the season. I think it's very clever. Eh, not really. I think it's an interesting detour. It also gives us some time with Oliver. Interesting detour, I think yes. think it's great. Maybe, Yeah. I think it's great, and he has some great writing stuff. Is happening between him and Deathstroke, and he and his son, and he and Felicity. It's awesome. I think holding it for the ne- for the few episodes I have the mantle, that's the appropriate amount of time.
3: Yeah, probably. That's that's about right. Also, I had seen some speculation that whatever he injected himself with was uh-huh. uh strain. Yeah. So the fact that he has something going on with Deathstroke on the side of whatever Deathstroke has coming up, because I mean. God, before you see Justice League, you're gonna see Deathstroke over there. Mm-hmm. Um, that 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 really seems to. I mean, I gotta vote on that. I, I, no. I've got to vote for that storyline's existence. Uh, yeah, seems like what's gonna happen. We'll see. Yeah.
2: Um. Blah, 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 blah. Over <laughs> over to Fel- Felicity and Curtis's startup goals. Uh, Emily Bett Rickards says it's going to be Curtis and her working together and hopefully bringing tech into the world that can aid society in a better way. That's Felicity's goal. She has trouble trying to think of what necessarily they're going to invent to kick off the company, but she figures it out about episode 5-ish. So... Uh, honestly, I would rather them focus on her and Curtis doing that and just let her and Oliver be together and never mention another problem with them.
3: Oh yeah. Just stable relationship in the background. No worries. Absolutely. Yeah, That'd be fine. I'm so
2: sick of all this. These, like, like I'm fine with them being together. I don't give a crap, but I'm just so tired
3: of the will they won't they? I know. I know. But you know how it does on TV, you can't just have stable relationships. They always have to be a thing. I don't know. Like. In the event that you have a stable relationship, it has to be part of the premise of the show that these uh-huh. two have it together in spite of X Y Z uh-huh. double A double B double C. I mean,
2: hey, the the, the island storyline is over. Is season six? I think that can
3: become part of the premise of the show. I would be fine with that. And it's you know it's Felicity. It's the, the same person that we used to mess with Deathstroke before. Like it seems like it should be part of the equation mm-hmm. but i just don't want to come on we mentioned before we're 90s kids friends ruined us yeah we're tired of the wills yeah, <laughs> well they won't they <laughs> we were tired of that before we left the 90s
2: yeah all right so rick gonzalez weighs in on the costume change for uh, wild dog you know we had the um the creator one of the creators of wild dog complain about it uh last week rick gonzalez says, I think what we did was we definitely honored the comic book and kept it very close in Season 5. I think that's an accomplishment in and of itself because not many other comic book films and TV shows do that or are even capable of doing that. That is fair, dude. Yeah, Absolutely fair. So far, so good. He says, but we managed to pull it off, and I think Season 5 was special, especially with having Wild Dog and his energy and just even the way he looked. I think that this season... I have to give props to costume designer uh, Maya Manny and concept illustrator Andy Poon for creating a suit that I feel uh, like gives a tip of the hat to last season. I haven't seen any of the fans point out the wild dog in the suit because it's in there. Maya specifically in the design kind of created, with the paneling and the way the suit looks, a way to kind of show off the dog, and I challenge people to see if they can pick that out. To me, it's really cool, and I think it kind of lends to the energy of Team Arrow and the way everyone else looks, but at the same time, still giving Rene his own bite. No pun intended. Um, I somewhat agree. I did like the previous costume better, but, um, this one's fine. It looks good, and, uh... I don't know. Uh, the people who created the thing, I understand, but stop.
3: No, I I completely. But the but creating a thing on paper is one thing. But within this show, are you seriously going to tell me yeah. he's going to sit there in a hockey jersey?
2: I, I could really deal with that. On a, well, <laughs>
3: it's just never going to happen. On a team where you have one of the world's well, it did smartest happen, like, all people. All last season, it did, but it has to evolve. It mean, doesn't it's, have to. But it sure. it ju- it just does. Like you can't sit there with like Felicity and Curtis, two of the what top eight smartest people in the world, top yeah. ten at worst, on that team with access to Cisco. Yeah. Where this guy doesn't get a costume uh-huh. upgrade, I'd been pissed.
2: I'm not saying he doesn't get a costume upgrade. I'm saying they could have kept more of the aesthetic. Like he could be wearing like you know Kevlar or some crap underneath the jersey. Uh, but I understand. There are parts I'm not of the, complaining what I'm about it. But it does, you know? it
3: does look like it's more a part of uh, the team now. And mm. I haven't been able to catch it. I'm I'm hoping there's a moment where I'm going to see what yeah. uh, Renee's seeing. I haven't been able to catch what yeah. he's talking about as far as the, the wild dog silhouette. But I am looking forward to that. I, I just... Yeah. There's also a part of me that thinks, you know, that was a pretty flashy set of colors to be running around at night with what he had previously. Where That's it, fair. this seems like it's maybe better for stealth. Yeah. Uh, stealth applications. But then again, first episode, he's the one who ends up injured, so I don't know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's because Diggle couldn't cut it. <laughs> well, I mean,
3: I don't know. No, I mean, first episode was uh him getting pushed over the damn ledge of the the yeah, highway there. Because Diggle couldn't cut it. That was true. Yeah.
2: Uh now over to uh well, a side note about our imprint, uh, an imprint series that we don't actually cover. Preacher has been renewed for season three. It's
3: very exciting for me.
2: Mm hmm. Um, and exciting for a lot of people. Now, this was exciting for me, though. Over on Justice League Action, uh, <laughs> in what is being described as possibly the most meta piece of animation ever produced, uh, Justice League Action has given us a short where the Joker and the Trickster both attempt to abduct <laughs> Mark Camel. <laughs> the mark voice hamill voice actor of uh, voice actor of both characters of note only to be th- only to be thwarted by hamill's voice actor skills as uh, and swamp thing mm-hmm. um another character that hamill voices on that show
3: It's mm-hmm. pretty delightful uh you should watch it immediately it really is amazing and there there's so many in references <laughs> it's just laughable the entire time Oh, man.
2: Um, so we've got a little bit more listener feedback for the television section. And uh, we're going to jump into that. A voicemail with Jordan Valdez.
1: Hey, guys. Uh, it's Jordan Valdez again. And uh, I just wanted to say I really enjoyed your top ten Batman animated series episode. I'd love it if you did some more about some of the other uh, DC animated shows or, frankly, any of the DC shows, really. I think it would be cool to hear a top ten episode list of Um Smallville. That would be awesome. (laughs) But um, anyway, I just wanted to pitch in with my list. It would be uh, number 10, Beware the Grey Ghost. Number nine, Perchance to Dream. Number eight, Mad Love. Number seven, Harley's Holiday. Number six, It's Never Too Late. Number five, Cold Comfort. Number four, Holiday Nights. Number three, Old Wounds. Number two, Heart of Ice. And number one, Over the Edge. Uh, I wanted to say, uh, David, I, I totally agree with you on It's Never Too Late. It frustrates me to no end that that is sort of snubbed from so many people's top ten list. I'm like, I think that's one of the most, probably the most underrated episode of the show. I think it's so emotional. It's not a traditional Batman story, but it's a a phenomenal episode. And I wanted to say I actually prefer the new Batman Adventures to the Batman animated series, both in terms of, as you can see on my list, it's actually the majority of it is new Batman Adventures, um, but also, I know I'm in the minority on this, but I prefer the character designs too, even the Joker. Um, so yeah, I, I know I'm in the minority on that, but I, I for for me, I actually prefer it because I think the animation style it, it's just uh, more appealing to me. Um, but anyway, uh, like I said, I really enjoyed your top ten uh, episodes episode, and uh, keep up the great work, guys. Bye bye. All right, dude. Thank you for the uh, for the
2: voicemail, Jordan. And uh, I was just on their on uh, Jordan's podcast on Sunday, Multiverse Musings. We uh, we talked about uh, Batman v Superman. They were doing their review. Uh, of course, we've already done our review two years ago,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and um, it seems like a thousand times since.
3: <laughs> I was just defending it all these all this time. It's kind of nice to talk seems to. Like it's come upon us to talk about it so many times. Yeah,
2: yeah. But it was nice to talk to those cats over there, uh, Jordan. And, uh, and, uh, Adam, I believe <laughs> I'm really bad with names. I'm sure you've got it. But, uh, yeah, multiverse musings guys. But yeah, uh, it was nice cause they weren't like attacking me over it or anything. They were just, you know, excited about the movie and talking about it. Like fans do. Um, now Jordan, I, uh, you know, I, I liked the original animated series more than the new adventures because of the texture and the depth. I liked the artistic value of it. More, I I don't care for the streamlined um, designs, and you know I I would agree with you that you are in the minority on
3: that. I I would, but um, I would not. Not that I'm. I mean, I'm glad it's appreciated in general, but yeah, th- those yeah, first sure first few designs were so expressive. I, I I did miss that. Mm-hmm.
2: I don't know. I can't do Bug Joker, man. It's just it's too much. They
3: did like they did find a way to streamline the character and still express, but it. Mm-hmm. If you'd shown me the one, I think I maybe wouldn't care. But when you ask yeah. me what that character looks like, it's it's never season 4. Yeah. Or volume 4. Volume 4, I should say. New yeah.
2: adventures. Yeah. Um but yeah, I I'm I'm happy to hear that uh that one episode is on your list. Uh it's never too late. It's a fantastic episode and you know, like I said on the on our uh top 10 BTAS uh episode, I'm pretty sure that uh in the timeline on tas we never see arnold stromwell go back to uh villainy uh he you know wants to make a he'd like to make a statement to the police and uh and then we never see him again in a villain role except for in flashbacks and i I dug that yeah presumably there's
3: real character development there yeah i love that episode uh
2: on to Jaden smith uh j james smith 2 on twitter says those quote cheap shots at CW writers deserved or not got a few chuckles out of me thanks again and he also said thank you for doing what you do struggling with life uh, at the moment and it's nice to smile as I listen to the latest app well I mean dude you're welcome I guess I I I love hearing I love getting messages like that like because we all struggle with life you know at times and um I know, I certainly look to my podcasts, the ones that, the, my favorite podcasts, to uh, kind of pull me out of that, and uh, I'm I'm happy to do that for other people. Yeah,
3: no, I uh, even the the stuff we cover, I, I look to it in a lot of ways. I've said before, we yeah. peddle in escapism. If we can uh, in any way help with that, yeah. oh, just happy to be a part.
2: Yeah, man. Um... <laughs> Uh, let's see, Randy, uh, Randy SF 45 says, Much improved Legends of Tomorrow over previous two episodes. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, they did do a good job the last couple episodes, especially the last episode. Right. Uh, Sherman Smith over on Facebook, The Flash mixed signals episode, very good episode, good balance of humor and drama. I mean, I would agree. Mm-hmm. I was, I've enjoyed The Flash this season yeah. so far. Um, he also says they should rename Arrow to Green Arrow and Amel should grow a beard. Well, if you ask me, Amel already has a beard. I mean, he's got a neck beard. (laughs) It's, like, way more than stubbly. And he does kind of have a goatee. He doesn't have, like, the full, like, as I said uh, previously in the episode, he doesn't
3: have, like, the full, like, fan draw
2: thing going on. No.
3: But. He he just looks like one of those guys that has to (laughs) shave at 4 p.m. (laughs) Because the morning shave has already worn off.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. So anyway, I think that's all. I think that's. I mean, that's all I've got on the show notes. Do you have anything else, Jason? I don't think so. Well, I really don't think so. I believe. I believe we're gonna call it then. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. I love you. And uh, again, I'll say it one more time. If you really want to support us, you love the show. You even if you just like the show, kind of, go give us a mostly positive review over on iTunes. It does help. Um, you can find fairly us on Twitter, Facebook. Positive. <laughs> it's yeah. helpful.
3: You,
2: you can find us on Twitter and Facebook.
3: Also, uh, as the, you've heard on this episode, we won't lose your review for too long. We will find it.
2: Eventually, yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, Dave was on that.
2: Yeah. I mean, both of those came in the last week, so.
3: It yeah. only took you a few seconds. We will track you down.
2: Well, that's just
3: starting to sound creepy. I'll back away. That was not my intention.
2: Fair. DC on screen, on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, on Instagram. We, uh, we're also proud partners with TV Time. You can find us on uh, on certain select episodes of uh, of uh, TV Time uh, episodes, you, which you go into the app and you mark one of your shows. It's usually going to be a season premiere or uh, upcoming season finale. Last year, we had like episodes on everything. So yeah. proud members of TV Time uh, family over there. We we really love TV Time. It's cool. Um, go explore. That's a useful thing. You can challenge Challenge your friends to quizzes. <laughs> Comment and make memes. Keep track of your television schedule. It's really cool. Yeah. And um, we were talking about it on this show way before we were ever partners with them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But um, anyway, you can also uh, leave us a voicemail as uh, a couple of people have done here on this episode. And you can do that by calling a number. And that number is 205 259 six three three one that's two oh five two five nine six three three one we do look forward to hearing from you guys and uh until next time keep some dc on your screen our opening narration was from dan Jurgens' the history of the dc universe part three of 10 has featured in dc 52 week four it was performed by me david z robertson intro music by jason goss and michael shackelford Michael's band, Future Elevators, can be found on Spotify or future-elevators.com. Our introduction was performed by Eli Ophelders of Stealing the Remote, which lives on SoundCloud and can be found on iTunes and Stitcher. We're a proud member of the Giant Size Team-Up Network, giantsizeteamup.com. DC On Screen is a Maladjusted production. Visit maladjusted.tv for more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy and improvised web series, vlogs, parodies, and more.